Oh, okay. Hello, Sorry. everyone. Um, I didn't know you Welcome back to another episode of Midwest Madness. Where Emily makes me look like an idiot. Thank I'm, you so much. Well, I don't know. They might not have even heard anything. Um, I would be surprised. I'm Emily. And I'm Danielle. And we're back. And this is Midwest Madness, your true crime. I think I said that already. Cryptid, conspiracy, and cult podcast. I don't think so. Because I was laughing I, at yeah. me very aggressively clearing my throat before I thought we were recording. I honestly don't. I can't remember. Whatever. Um, if we did, now they know twice. Now they know twice. That's how you make sure that you don't forget things. I'm trying to think of anything we need to talk about. I'm still a little sick. Not super sick. I had a really late night last night. really long day, so Jeez. that could be it, but... You got to sleep in. I did. I slept so. for like 11 hours, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's No. Like, nine I mean, hours. Did you got a full night's sleep? I did. It was just a really long day. It was a really good day, but it was just really long. So, you'll know. You're going to have one next weekend. <laughs> yeah. Mine will be about twice as long, though. Well, no. I'll no. just add. Just a couple hours. Two hours to the beginning and like three hours to the end. You think it'll go that late? There's an after party. Damn. Your friends go hard. Yeah, I know. My friends are old. <laughs> so, yeah, by the time this episode comes out, I'll probably be on a, like, three-day hangover. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you need someone to uh, come take your dog. This is hilarious. We have a mid-episode interruption. Hold on one second. Yeah, Dad, we're recording. We're recording. <laughs> Dad just wants to be on the podcast. That's hilarious. This is just live action. Today. Yeah, it Things is. Are just Welcome be. to the chaos. That's our parents' house. Going two on. dogs, two parents. <laughs> Mom's going to be coming through the laundry any minute. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? Okay. Welcome. Well, <laughs> I'm going to get into it because mine might be longer. Yeah, that's what you were saying. So... And again, um, I don't... Did you tell me where we were at? I told you where I was at. I told you it was all over. Oh, yeah, that's right. But I'm lying to you. <gasps> you lied to me? Well, you'll understand in a second. So, um, I'm going to be doing something different. Can't I did tell you that. damn thing she says, you guys. Right? <laughs> I told you that it was going to be different. Yeah, you uh, Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do a uh, spooky <gasps> Ooh, episode. I'm here for it. Yep. And I'm... It's not even October. <laughs> I know. You're spoiling the listeners. And giving... <laughs> Um, I'm not taking credit for this idea. Okay. I am giving credit to the um, Morbid podcast. Okay. They do a series on spooky lighthouses. Ooh. <gasps> is this... Oh, no. Never mind. You said it was all over. All over. Um, I was going to say, is this Split Rock? I don't think I, there's not... I don't think there'd be enough information to do just that's, one. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But, um, they haven't come to the Midwest yet. All theirs have been on, like, the East Coast and South. Okay. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to beat him to the punch. Talk about the Great Lakes. <laughs> I like it. I'm here for it. Um. So again, not really my idea. So I want to give credit to them. Okay, let's see. No, I did format the story kind of like I did my spooky episodes, where I tell the story and then I cite my sources. Okay. Because there was just like a lot of them. Yeah. So I thought it'd be easier to do it that way. Yeah. Um. So we're going to start off in Michigan, and we're going to stay in Michigan. 
because apparently, fun fact, Michigan has more lighthouses than any other state. In the whole United States? Yeah. Wow. So originally I was going to do just, I did not realize how many lighthouses there were. Yeah, because it's not. Like, Like, I'm literally touching an iceberg right now. The tip of an iceberg. Like, there's so many. So I feel like this will be a series. Well, especially because, like, in the Midwest, you don't think, like, large bodies of water that you would need a lighthouse for. Like, Minnesota is the land of 10,000 lakes, but it's not like those lakes need lighthouses. Yeah, I'm you know? opposite of you because all I think is Great Lakes. Really? Midwest, Great Lakes. Huh. I think the Plains. No. So that was not my thought process at all. My thought process was that there was maybe... What, there's like five or six Great Lakes? Mm-hmm. Maybe there'd be 10 or 12 lighthouses and not all of them would be haunted. Silly me. Of course, they're all haunted. <laughs> so. Of course. I'm only going to be talking about four today. Okay. And then. Is yeah. this going to be like a recurring thing for you? Yeah, probably. Okay, I won't do any lighthouses. So then. this is part one. And of if you don't like it. Mark. There's probably something wrong with you. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> all right, here we go. She said it, not me. Big Bay Point Lighthouse is our first lighthouse we're going to talk about. This lighthouse is located about 25 miles north of Marquette, Michigan, in the town of Big Bay, obviously, um, which is on the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Also, like, half of these are in the UP. Oh. Maybe all of them. Really? Yeah. Are wow. close to the UP. Um, and this one sits on the shores of Lake Superior. The lighthouse opened in August of ni- 1896 and operated with a lighthouse keeper until 1941 when it sadly became automated. Um, Harry William Pryor. Yes. Question. I didn't want to interrupt, but are most of them automated now or all of them automated I'm now? I'm pretty sure all of them okay, are that's, automated now. That's kind of what I figured, but yeah. I just was curious. Thank you. Um, so William, uh, Harry William Pryor was the first lighthouse keeper to serve at the Big Bay Lighthouse. Big Bay Point, sorry, Lighthouse. In some places I saw him called Harry, some places I saw him called William. I'm going to call him Harry. Okay. Um, he served there for just five years. He came from a family of lighthouse keepers. He and his, both his younger brothers, James and George, had all been lighthouse keepers at Stannard Rock Lighthouse, which is located in the middle of Lake Superior. Harry prior he was the oldest was known to manage his lighthouses very well okay he's kind of a stickler um and it was said that he had a hard time keeping assistance probably because he was a little tough to work with and just had like a very high standard okay so his expectations were like perfection yeah he kept very detailed logs which helped tell his story in later years that's really cool um yeah and i'm gonna read some stuff from them he was kind of sassy so oh i'm here for it in november of 1819 oh my god 1897 my dyslexia brain wrote that as 1987 harry writes about walking to marquette following the death of his only sister and leaving the lighthouse under the control of his first assistant for a week. When he got back, though, Harry was not happy with how things were run while he was gone. He wrote in his notes about how he could tell his assistant didn't do any work while he was gone. He also writes, quote, He is so much under the control of his wife, he has not the heart to do anything. 
She has annoyed me during the season by hanging around him and hindering him from work, and she is altogether a person totally unfit to be in a place like this as she is discontent, discontented, discontent? Nope, you're right. It's just hard to say. Yep. And jealous and has succeeded at making life miserable for everyone at the station, end quote. <laughs> Sounds like a real charmer. Really didn't like this lady. <laughs> Which, like, oh my god. <laughs> reading my notes back sometimes which like damn william tell us how you really feel <laughs> i love that you wrote that too. yeah he also <laughs> writes about his how his assistant refused to work in the off season and apparently has a lame back so is unable to do much work so this really doesn't sound like a good job for his assistant no. if he doesn't want to work for a majority of the season and also has a bad back. Now, I mentioned the lame back thing because the next passage I want to read is low-key petty, and I love it. So, in February, Harry writes, quote, Mr. Heater arrived from Marquette at 6 p.m. and walked the entire distance of 33 miles in 12 hours, including two rest stops over an hour each. Pretty good gait for a lame man, end quote. <laughs> yeah, he He's is like, a- no fucking way he walked that. In 12 hours. That's so funny. Um, not too long after this, the assistant was transferred, and William got a new assistant. I'm shocked. George Beamer. But just one month into his service at the lighthouse, George was called to serve in the Spanish-American War, and his wife, Jenny, was appointed in his place. She was the only woman to ever serve at Big Bay Point Lighthouse. What a badass. In November of 1989, Harry appointed... Oh, my God. 1899 not 1989 1899 harry appointed his 19 year old son george edward to the assistant position and the two worked side by side for about 15 months until in mid-april 1901 tragedy it is actually 1901 tragedy struck when poor george fell on the steps of the lighthouse cutting the flesh down to the shin bone oh that's a bad fall George had to um, stay in the hospital for treatment. Throughout the late spring and early summer, George battled gangrene, which eventually ate away at the tissue, ate away at the tissue on his leg, and ultimately Ugh. took his life. Oh, that's super sad. On June thirteenth, Harry wrote, "Quote: One thirty p.m. Keeper summoned Marquette to bury his son, who died this morning." End quote. After George died, Harry went into deep depression. On June 28th, he was rumored to have disappeared into the woods near the lighthouse with his gun and some oh, strachnine? Stri- strychnine? Strychnine? Yeah. There you go. Which is poison. Yep. Um, at this point, some locals began fearing the worst and they went to search for him, for him, but the search came up empty. The following fall, Harry's wife, Mary, and their four youngest kids left Big Bay Point to live in Marquette. And that following November, the Mining Journal reported that, quote, the remains of Harry W. Pryor, the lightkeeper of the lighthouse at Big Bay, who disappeared last June, was found by a landlooker, which is like a hunter. Okay. Monday in the woods. The find was a gruesome one, end quote. It was believed that Harry had died by suicide just about a half a mile from the lighthouse. That is so sad. They're... The tragic deaths of both George and William 
aren't the only sad stories come from the lighthouse though after it was automated in 1941 the lighthouse would be rented out to the u.s army and national guard for training purposes in the summer of 1952 lieutenant coleman peterson shot and killed the owner and bartender maurice mike Chonwith of the Lumberjack Tavern while he was stationed in Big Bay. He believed the bartender had sexually assaulted his wife earlier that evening. Coleman was charged with murder, but he was eventually found not guilty by reason of insanity. In 1961, the lighthouse became decommissioned, and the lighthouse, along with 33 acres of land, was purchased by Dr. John Pick, a plastic surgeon from Chicago. He spent 17 years restoring the structure into his dream summer home, but due to poor health, he was forced to sell the place. Um, it sold. That's such a bummer. Like, he works that long and that hard to make it his dream summer home and then can't even enjoy it. I know. Um, it was sold once more before being eventually sold to Norman Gottschall and his wife, Marilyn, who turned it into a bed and breakfast. This is when the ghost stories really started to come about. The first sighting was by two guests who say a man walking around the lighthouse in his U.S. life-saving service uniform was seen. Um, There was also unexplained banging, running water in the basement shower, and other things which were credited to the former lighthouse keeper. Two guests reported settling down into their bed for the night when they heard a sound that seemed to them like a marble being pushed down the stairs, so they heard like the... You know, the um, tink, tink, tink of, like, a marble. Um, The next morning, they woke up, and on the bedside table in a small ashtray was a marble that had not been there the night before. Spooky. In March of 1992, the lighthouse was sold again to John Gale and Linda and Jeff Gamble. Now, in 2007, in a Twin Cities Pioneer Press article, Linda tells a story about a run-in with the old lighthouse keeper. She says, quote... I heard him once. I think he's gone now, though. I had a conversation with him in the kitchen, end quote. She said that she was startled awake one night by the sound of slamming cupboards in the kitchen. Quote, I thought it was a drunk coming back from the tavern. I have a temper and I stormed up, but no one was there. So Is I it figured, still a B&B? Can we Sorry, you get didn't, to you the didn't, end? You didn't specify if it's still a B&B, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just thought there was like a random drunk in her house. Dang. I was really wanting... I feel like my story's not going to have the impact anymore. Sorry. (laughs) Um, I have a temper and I summed up, but no one was there, so I figured it must be Will, and I said, okay, I know ghosts don't like change, but we're changing things. I have to get up in the morning and make breakfast, so cut it out. Then I slammed a cupboard and went back to bed. The next morning, all cupboard doors were closed, and we've never had a reputable report of Will since. I call that an Italian exorcism. End quote. (laughs) She sounds awesome. Yeah. There has, of course, been multiple reports of a tall, red-headed man in late 1800s uniform walking the grounds around the lighthouse, um, which would be William or Bill or, sorry, Harry, Will or Harry. Yeah. Same guy. Um, Of course, doors and windows opening and closing on their own, lights turning on and off by themselves, and disembodied footsteps making their way across the wooden floors. One woman says a man... Say saw a man in the reflection of a mirror behind her, and other guests have reported waking up to find a man gazing at them from the end of their beds. I would hate both of those things. Other stories have been tied to crew members who have lost their lives at, I wrote C, but 
lake, I guess, <laughs> nearby in nearby shipwrecks. I think it's still called the same if you die on the water. I think it's just called at sea. Sea? I think so. It must be. Um, but one thing is for certain, this lighthouse and the land around it is certainly haunted. Now, good news for those of you who would like to venture out to this lighthouse. It is currently still being used as a bed and breakfast, and you can stay here if you wish. Or if you'd like to re- visit, they do run lighthouse tours as well. Tours run between June and September. So what are the chances I get you to stay at this? Zero. Air- <laughs> Talk to Tommy. Tommy would go with me for sure. Um, so my sources for that one were bigbaylighthouse.com, Towinsidies, Pioneer Press, um, and then I have one more, but I say it at the end because I used it for all, all of, them. of them. Okay. Next, we're going to talk about Whitefish Point Lighthouse. Whitefish Point Lighthouse was built in 1849 on the shores of Lake Superior. It was either the first or second lighthouse built on this lake. We're not 100% sure because there's another lighthouse, Copper Harbor, which was also built around the same time and opened the same year, but records don't say what one was opened okay, first. Okay, so this is also on the UP, right? You said it yes, was on Lake, Lake Superior, Superior, so, so I, yeah, want, I just wanted UP, yep. to make sure that I was yep. envisioning the right location. Yep. Okay. Well, we I feel like we've talked about Whitefish Point many times before. I'm pretty sure in the House of David episode we talked about it. That's on the Mitten. Oh, well, this is where the Edmonton, something Edmund Fitzgerald sank. Oh. I feel like we talked about that. We've talked about the Edmund Fitzgerald for sure. You did some shipwrecks. Yeah. But um, House of David is in um, Benton Harbor. Oh, you're right. I know we've talked about this place before, though. Okay. Um. Whitefish Point Lighthouse is located at the east end of the infamous Shipwreck Coast, which is a 40-mile stretch of coast that has claimed as many as 200 ships and up to 100 lives. Could it also be the Christmas tree? Possibly. Because that was over in that area, too. We might have to look. Yeah. Um, or if somebody wants to listen to them and let us know, that'd yeah. be cool, too. Whitefish Point Lighthouse is now home to the Great Lake Shipwreck Museum, that's, which is kind of cool. That's why we talked about it. Oh. Because I've talked about that they have stuff from the Christmas tree farm. Oh. Or the Christmas tree ship. Cool, yeah. So it's, they're They've literally got, like, the on the same. Or something like that. Like, they're on, the, like, one of the buildings <laughs> from the lighthouse is now used as the Shipwreck Museum. Okay. Which I think would be really cool to go that to. That would be really cool to go to. We might have to make a road trip. You don't road trip, though. That's only, like six hours that's true it's not much of a road trip it's like a drive i mean yeah (laughs) um okay with all these tragedies taking place here it's no wonder people think it's haunted some of the most famous sightings include an indian girl who has been seen inside and outside the main museum building as well as the gift shop office building and the old fog house there's been reports of another little girl in old-timey clothing wandering the grounds a woman in the eight, in 1890s clothing has been seen on the gallery just outside of the lighthouse tower lamp room, and she's just staring intently out at the lake. Um, there are also reports of mysterious ghost ships, or ship I should say. It's a gray schooner with all sails full and drawing, and it's gliding silently past the beach only to disappear into nothing. That's dope as hell. That would be actually kind of cool to see. You would totally think you were hallucinating. Yeah. 
Um, so back in the day, life-saving service patrols would be stationed here because there were so many shipwrecks. Yep. Um, and part of their job would be to find bodies after shipwrecks, and they would find bodies rolling in the waves after big storms. Oh, that's gruesome. And they would sometimes even have to chop bodies out of winter ice. Oh. Can um, you imagine that being your job? No. And they would, uh, like, wash up onto the beach there, basically. Uh, their souls... Oh, sorry. These bodies were buried in the dunes in unmarked and unrecorded graves. Their souls are known to roam the beaches searching for... I don't know. Who knows what? Closure, so they probably. They said, like, they could be searching for their, like, crew, other crew members or, like, the way home. Who knows what they're looking for. Either way, that's really sad. Yeah. Um, in a Lake Superior Magazine article, the writer Frederick Stonehouse accompanies the UPPRS, which is the Upper Peninsula Paranormal Research Society, on a overnight stay at Whitefish Point Lighthouse. Some things that are captured this night include a woman's voice talking for about 10 seconds, what seemed to be a conversation between a man and a woman, some weird noises, um, our audio recorded in the museum. They didn't really specify what those were. And one team member reported feeling the swoosh of someone walking by them, although no one was there. In the keeper's quarters, everyone felt an intense feeling of something like less than welcoming, like someone or something didn't want them to be there. It was reported that one of the old keepers, Robert Carlson, was notoriously difficult to get along with, so could it have been his spirit there? And he was like, get the fuck out. Yeah. I mean, good guess, I would say. Now, of course, this lighthouse wouldn't be complete without, you guessed it, a bed and breakfast on property. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the old Coast Guard crew station has been renovated to fit just that. Guests reported closed and locked door room doors being pushed open as well as someone stroking people's backs and faces. And they say in like an affectionate way. So it's oh, so not like an... Kind of like brushing your cheek like... Yeah. Like they'll okay. be laying in bed and like someone will be like... Yeah. Which is kind of sweet, but also super scary. Yeah. Um, reports of footsteps and unexplained toilet flushings have been reported. <laughs> when you gotta go, to you me, gotta go. To me, it seems like maybe someone just doesn't want to claim the toilet flushes. Or I know, like, um, from watching Ghost Hunters, they were plumbers. And they say that sometimes, like, if, like, a washer or something isn't completely, like, intact or isn't good, the toilet will just, like, l- lose water in the tank and it'll just like make a flushing noise to like refill the tank so that could just be plumbing issues is what i'm saying could be um not to be a skeptic but why well, am i am I, a, the a toilet flushing i'm not like i don't that whatever yeah um and there's been sightings of men roaming around in old blue uniforms now i know i got you excited about the bed and breakfast it did unfortunately close and it has been turned into housing for staff. So, unfortunately, that ship has sailed. But <laughs> okay. um, Sirius hated that dad joke so much that he walked away. Yeah. Well, he, that's. Um, my sources were Shipwreck Museum, MLive.com, um, and LakeSuperior.com, which is the magazine website. Next, we're gonna. I'm gonna 
butcher this name just so everyone knows here for it okay um wagoshance lighthouse it is w-a-u-g-o-s-h-a-n-c-e wagoshance lighthouse is located in the middle of lake michigan in the mackinac straits so it's like just south of the mackinac bridge okay um can you see it from the mackinac bridge i don't know okay i was just there i was gonna say but i was not looking oh yeah you didn't like the bridge situation. i did not like the bridge situation because it's see-through um it was the first lighthouse built in the great lakes that was surrounded completely by water and like you see pictures of thing this thing it's literally the lighthouse structure cool there's no like there's like no beach or anything interesting um it was in service from 1852 to 1912 that's a long time the man who surrounds the legend of the wagashance lighthouse is john herman and he was known to be a prankster and a mean drunk great yeah (laughs) great combo he first began working at the lighthouse as an assistant in 1887 before he was promoted to lighthouse keeper in 1892 stories say that one night while on a bender herman locked his assistant in the tower then drunkenly staggered off when the assistant was finally able to free himself from the tower herman was nowhere to be found it is believed that he may have wandered right into Lake Michigan and drowned. Keepers who held Yikes. the position after him reported strange occurrences such as coal buckets filling by themselves and furniture being moved around the room. They say in like a very like poker poltergeist. 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 Yeah. Way. Okay. Which kind of freaks me out. I don't know. I don't like that word for some reason. I don't think they're like... I think, okay, I could be completely wrong on this, but what, from my understanding, a poltergeist is more just like an energy, and it's not really like a thing. Like, Peeves is a poltergeist. Right. But I don't think that's what the traditional thought of a poltergeist is. I think it's just kind of like a mischievous, like, energy that, like, does shit. Well, they say that the hauntings were so frequent, freak, wow, frequent, <laughs> that they had a hard time keeping the lighthouse staffed, so they had to wow. dish just decommissioned the lighthouse and then they built two more on the shores of lake michigan and left wagashance to john herman who was john herman the guy who drowned oh oh oh, got it yeah they were just like oh this guy won't stop fucking with people so we're just gonna let him have it yeah that wasn't the official story they were like ship patterns have changed so we don't need it anymore but people were like no you just can't get it staffed so (laughs) i don't know I like to think that they just let him go and now he just fucks it around in there all by himself. Um, fun fact. During World War II, the U.S. Navy used Wagashant's lighthouse as target practice for bombs. This was the first time the U.S. was known to use drones. Um, they put cameras on the nose of planes. Then a hydronic unit um, was controlled by radio impulses. So they had planes with pilots flying several miles behind these drone slash planes that would steer the drones over their targets, drop 2,000 pound bombs, and the drones were simply allowed to crash into the water. 
damn that's super cool so they used the lighthouse as like tar- they didn't actually drop bombs on this yeah. place, but they like used it as because it was such a small like thing in the middle of yeah you know. just to kind of make sure you could control it correctly yes that's really cool yeah now unfortunately you can't sleep here <laughs> unfortunately yeah. she said. she's <laughs> but like oh thank god if you want to take a tour there is a f- like fairy that will take you out and it will get you close as close as it can to the lighthouse um and then they have like tour guides on the ship like talking about it so you can't even like go on no the, okay you literally can't oh that's such a bummer like um i mean i'll post pictures but you'll like you'll see it's all i'm gonna jump overboard and swim on to shore yeah i don't <laughs> think you want to do that and then get arrested for doing so <laughs> um these tours run out of Mackinac city okay no, my sources for that one were KalamazooCountry.com and K1025.com. Okay, my last one I'm going to talk about this time is Seoul Chi Point Lighthouse. S-E-U-L-C-H-O-I-X Point Lighthouse. Okay. I watched a video, but of course, it just, I forgot. Left your brain. Yeah. Um... So, Solchi Point, I'm pretty sure I'm saying it right. That makes sense. Lighthouse, which is sits on the shores of Lake Superior in Gulliver, Michigan. So, yeah, all, my, all of them all happen really to be in the, the UP. Okay. And I picked random ones. Like, I didn't oh, even try to do this. That's interesting. Um, It just called me. The lighthouse has been in operation since 1895, and it is the only active lighthouse left on the lake, according to this website. Okay. I guess I don't know enough about lighthouses to know. Like, Split Rock isn't still in service, is it? Um, I don't know. I know it lights up, but I don't know if that technically means it's in service or not. I feel like that means it's in service. You would think there's lighthouses in service. There would have to be because there's still dangerous. Yeah. I mean, they still use... They still use them. ...shipping lanes and stuff, so... Do they, though, or do they use technology now? No, that that's where the canal bridge lifts. It's still at the big barges well, I know in. that. So that would be shipping lanes. But do they need lighthouses for that? I mean, I don't think they'd hurt. I guess I don't really know. Something to look into. All right. Well, if anybody is a ship captain <laughs> or knows if lighthouses are in service on Lake Superior, tell me now. Yeah, please. This lighthouse is known to be pretty active with the main spirit being Captain Joseph Willie Townsend, who is the or was the head light keeper in the early 1900s. Townsend died in 1910 at the age of 63, many believe due to cancer, as Townsend was known to be a heavy cigar smoker. His body was embalmed in the basement of the lighthouse. Many people have reported smelling cigar smoke within the lighthouse, and Townsend's face has also been seen 13 different times in the mirrors of the upstairs bedrooms. That's a very specific I, number. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lady here who, like, runs it. Okay. And the video I watched was, like, a news story. Cool. About it from, like, Halloween. Okay. So... I don't know. I, I love that. You should send that to me. It's is it one of your sources? It's one of my sources. Beautiful. I'll yeah. just watch it. Or it's like on the page of one of my sources. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I wouldn't want to see. That's like one of my biggest fears. Like seeing something mirror. in your mirror. <laughs> don't like it. <laughs> <sighs> After 
Another guest claims that one of the ghosts actually saved her life. Oh. She was coming down the stairs of the lighthouse tower when she began losing consciousness and falling forward. Um, it sounds like she just all of a sudden got really like lightheaded and dizzy. Yikes. And all of a sudden, she felt two strong hands grab her waist and pull her back so she could sit down on the stairs. She sat for a minute until she felt better, then turned around to thank the man who grabbed her from falling, but there was no one there. Um, when asked if she could prove that this had happened, like, they were like, that's a cool story, but do yeah. you have any, like... Like, fix her, it didn't yeah. happen. The woman um, lifted her shirt, and she had hand marks on both sides of her waist. Damn. Yeah. The UPPRS, which I talked about yeah, in the one of the above group. stories, loves doing research here because they always seem to get some sort of activity. Um, now I want to end the whole episode with a theory on why this lighthouse and so many others in the UP seem to have strong paranormal activity. I have a theory, but I'm not going to say it because I want to know what the answer is. Do you want to, you can, do you want to guess first? I have a feeling it's got something to do with the water. Like okay. a lot of times like running water can affect yeah the paranormal activity in a place. Yeah. Um, they were like half right, I would say. Okay. The UPPRS believes it can be credited to something called the stone tape theory. Now, these are certain types of stones, rocks, mm. and porous materials that can contain energy, and they can trap and hold this energy, and then that combined with the water moving over the stones helps create, yeah. like, the right They say, like, limestone tends to be one of the ones that really, like, um, is conductive to, like, paranormal activity. Yeah. The UPPRS believes that some of these hauntings, quote-unquote, are just things that happen in history that are coming back and replaying themselves in certain atmospheres. Do you know what that's called? So, for example, like that ghost ship. Yeah. Like that's something that's actually had happened in history and now it's just replaying itself. Do you know what that kind of a haunting is called? No. It's called residual. Oh, there so we go. So, basically, it's like there's residual hauntings and intelligent hauntings. Intelligence are the ones that, like, interact with you and a residual is just like an event like you said playing over and over and over again like you're watching a tape cool so um my sources for that were upmatters.com and then the one i used for all of them was uh f-o-d-o-r-s.com um and with that i want to conclude my first episode on spooky lighthouses no, I know I told you originally it was going to be all over the Midwest, but these were all located in Michigan and there's so many more spooky lighthouses in the Great Lakes than I anticipated. So I believe this will be, like I said, a series. A small series. I like that. No, my, like literally my, one of my sources, it was like 11 spooky lighthouses. I picked four from that list. Yeah. All four were from Michigan and then I would say like, at least half the re- of the rest of them are also in Michigan. Wow. So. That's kind of surprising. Yeah. Now I feel like I should have a, th- a theme. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to do something different. I yeah, was, I like it. I liked doing the spooky stories before. So Like in October when we did. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And then they did the spooky lighthouses and I kept waiting for them to go to the Midwest and they haven't yet. They've only done two episodes so far, but. I just, I beat him to the punch, I guess. I don't know. I will have to 
listen to those that sounds really interesting yeah so yeah i hope you guys like that yeah i certainly did me too um i feel like i'm like the one that you really need to impress because that's true i'm the one that has to listen to it first good point (laughs) um cool i already said all my sources so perfect um our socials are mwmadnesspodcast at gmail.com mwmadnesspodcast on instagram Midwest Madness Podcast group on Facebook, and I, I think it's like Midwest Madness, Mid Mad Pod. I don't know, whatever. We're on Twitter somewhere. <laughs> I just kind of kind of given up on the Twitter. It's in our description. If you want to um, find us? Cool. Um, I guess that's it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We hope you guys have a good Memorial Day weekend. Oh, that's right. Hopefully, you have some fun plans, and the weather's nice. Yes. Please be nice. Because we deserve it. We do. Uh, Yeah. Anything else? Uh, Nope. Okay. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.